0: Listeners and welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and in this podcast we will take a look at players and coaches handpicked by ourselves that we believe are ones to watch for the future. Today's episode will be centred around Brighton's highly rated defender, Levi Colwell, a Youth Academy product at Chelsea, and a man who was instrumental for Huddersfield's bid for promotion last season from the championship, which they unfortunately lost in the playoff final to Nottingham Forest. Colwell has been a key player for Brighton this season particularly since Roberto De Zerbi came to the club and implemented his unconventional style at the Amex. On loan from Chelsea, Colwill could be a wonderful player for the Blues in the future at Sanford Bridge. And so we've decided to look in-depth at the centre-back's strengths, weaknesses, his role under De Zerbi, and whether or not he has a future at Chelsea. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast. Five stars, hopefully. It's greatly appreciated. And it really helps us to grow the podcast and to get more Ears on the podcast, as well as excellent guests such as recently we've had managers such as Jack Ross and Mark Parsons on the podcast, which was absolutely amazing to speak to them. So now, without further ado, let's get into our analysis of Levi. By first speaking to my co-host and TFA analyst Brian Marquez. Brian, hello, welcome back. How have, how have you been
1: since the last time we spoke? Hello, mate. I'm good. Hopefully you too, and I'm very excited to talk about again about players and all that. I I, I miss this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is this has been really like really fun to me because mm-hmm. some sometimes we just call ourselves and we talk a lot about players. So it's good. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, you and I discuss football anyway. I feel. I mean, to,
0: we we've been in, obviously we stay in contact quite regularly. Um. I edited your piece this morning, which was excellent on Andoni Areola's Rayo Vallecano. That was a really exciting article. I actually find Rayo Vallecano are excellent to watch. They are one of the most interesting teams, I think it's fair to say, in Europe right now. They yeah. have been since Iraola was at the club, but I really liked your piece. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to read Brian's piece, it was out. This will be going out on Tuesday, so it was out yesterday. Technically, we're recording this on the Monday, so I do advise you to check it out. Today, though, Brian... We're discussing a player who you have been very adamant that we do a TFA scouted episode on. He is obviously an incredible player. I mean, he's one of the best young defenders in Europe right now. It's not as much of a yeah. a hidden a hidden gem or a hidden talent that we're discussing today as it was maybe with like uh El Canuose or, 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 or a player like that. But today we will be discussing Levi Will, Brighton's central defender. Firstly, I want to ask you about Roberto De Zerbi as well, because I know you're a massive fan of De Zerbi, and obviously Colwell has been such an important aspect of De Zerbi's Brighton so far since the Italian came to the club. How has his role kind of uh, differed since De Zerbi took over from when Graham Potter was at the helm?
1: Yeah, he's been great, you know, under De Zerbi, and I really like how they worked with him because he arrived to the club, he didn't... Grab like a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. and he had like um, two months without playing, two, two or three months because even the World Cup got in, so he could got he could get more time to train and to like mm-hmm. really show his talent to the Serbi. And it, it's crazy and interesting because when you see a player that hasn't played regularly. Uh, with, with his team like Brighton and Levi Caldwell uh, then you see him in his first match with the Serbi and how integrated he has the idea of mm-hmm. playing this type of football to attract the press and he is so composed and calm with the ball he is really really good and I mean I, 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 the if you are a championship fan you already knew that will has the talent and the technique and the quality to be this kind of player but I, I I'm really surprised because I'm really surprised because the way he just got his team uh, his first team spot and he's playing like he's been there for years and mm-hmm. working with the Serbia for years is amazing for me
0: he it's 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 interesting because he has played primarily under coaches that we'd maybe label as progressive in the modern game because obviously you had Carlos Corbran at Horsfield. Yeah, you had Graham Potter at Brighton at the start and then you have Roberto De Zerbi. Do you think that has been a huge help to his development now? I mean you see how seamless the transition has been from going from Graham Potter's Brighton to De Zerbi for will in the sense of how good he is at attracting pressure and this is something we'll talk about in a minute. We'll actually go more in detail about how he does attract the pressure. But it's something that's um that Colwell does so well. He allows the press to happen and then he play through you or he'll play a square pass and then they'll use the third man in behind. Obviously do you think that the the having such progressive coaches you know teaching him for the last two years has highly helped that uh, Colwell
1: in that regard it has it has helped him and the way he I mean Colville has been since he took football and went to training as a kid he has the technical talent I think but Mm -hmm. when you're so technical and then you have this kind of managers putting so much emphasis in progressing the ball and being so brave in possession of the ball, being a centre-back, it helps you massively. And I think it helps you because none of these three managers are identical. Mm-hmm. So the, the three of them have different principles. They want to play with the ball out of the back, but, I mean, they are not the same in their approach and all that. And Colwell, I think, has been developing really, really well in the Chelsea academy at Huddersfield, at Brighton right now. He's l- turning into one of the best defenders in the league if he's mm-hmm. if he's still playing like he's playing right now until the end of the season. And I don't think it will be a shock because he is good and Brighton are massively good under the Serbic uh, he, I, I that's what surprised me the most you know he's coming from the championship yeah. he's having his first loan in the Premier League under a team that is challenging for European spots and he's right there and mm-hmm. um, Webster's injury and all that and he filled the spot so good so well and sometimes when Louis Donk is not playing that is the leader of that defense it seems like Cole will then turns into the leader of the defense. I, I mean, to put an example, when he's playing with Van Heck in the FA Cup, mm-hmm. uh, he he really has this maturity, and that is really good to see in a player with his age.
0: I think Brighton's defense of recruitment. I know people talk about their recruitment all over the park, which is completely fair. I mean, you you look at Kairo Matoma, who excellent he is, but when you look at their back yeah. line. They had Dan Bourne, they had Mark Cuccarella. I mean, they brought yep. in Joel Veltman for I think it was something like under a million. You know, all, all these all these players, They and they sold, obviously, Dan Bourne to Newcastle. They sold Cuccarella for huge amounts of money. Then they bring in yep. Colwell on loan, and it's such a smart recruitment because they suit the team so, so well. But what I, I wanted to ask you was about, we mentioned earlier about attracting the pressure. This is something that I, I abs, absolutely... I'm fascinated with in regards to this particular style of football, which is quite rare. I think there's apart from the Zerbi's team, and as we, we've spoken about before in this podcast, probably Alberto Acolani's Fiorentino on the 19s, um, are yeah, the Fonseca only two as that, well. Fonseca, I suppose, as well. Yeah, I I agree with that to a certain extent. Um, but I think the two main components. That I've uh, the, the main kind of pioneers of this style that I've seen have been Aquilani with his under 19s. Genuinely, they have been so, so similar to the Zerby. Um, yeah, talk to me about the role of the center backs in this and the role of Colwell in, sp- in particular, because you actually wrote about Aquilani's under 19s recently and about the central defenders and kind of how they attract the pressure on. But let's focus that on Colwell and tell the listeners how I suppose they, they, yeah. they do that and why that's so, so important to breaking the forced line.
1: Yeah, the thing is, normally in football, when teams play positional, direct, functional play, all that, the players that took the tempo of the game are the midfielders. Mm -hmm. You know, players like, I don't know, Busquets, Tiago Alcantara, um, Joshua Kimmich, these kind of players, they took, they manage the tempo of their possessions. And with Brighton and with the Serbian, the ones that dictate the tempo of the possessions, for me, are the centre-backs because they have the ball so, so many times and they are waiting for the exact moment, playing a square passes, trying to open up the gaps, trying to open up the holes in the central channel to then progress through the middle. And Colville has been incredible for me in that aspect of the game. He has been really, really good in how he attracts the pressure. He is very brave. He steps the bo- his feet on the ball. He goes forward, like advancing slow to the player. It's a kind of challenging the player. And this kind mm. of, when you're a forward that, and you are pressing and you see a center back, just waiting for you to come. It's like, I have to do it because he's challenged me. And I don't want to challenge. I don't want him to win the challenge. And, Cole will has been doing this great not only because at sometimes he progresses and we all love a centre back that does this kind of passes between the lines but for the way he just understands the idea and he knows when is the exact moment to progress like he could play a direct pass but rather than that he's playing a square and going side to side for a few seconds and then he just make the progression with his pass and it's absolutely unbelievable to me sometimes he's just like standing like he he just stands there and waits the press to come and he is so calm and composed when you're center back to and you're playing like that you have to be not only technical you have to be really really calm under pressure because the press in some moment is going to arrive in a furious way to you. Mm -hmm.
0: Something that I want to discuss now as well is something that's very important for central defenders. He can play as a left back. He's played there before. How does he fare in a back four, Brian? Because he plays primarily in a three and he has played primarily in a three for the last two seasons. I think it's fair to say. And I know Huddersfield used a back three regularly obviously Brighton do the Graham Potter especially in possession the same under Deserby talk to me then how he kind of fares
1: in the back four particularly defensively I, I think defensively I really like how he managed like his positioning with his line and how to go and jump I, I think he's very complete you know in both, in both phases yeah. of the game because defensively he has the timing to go out steal the ball and Not only because of that, because as well, he is tall. He has long legs that he can stretch and grab the ball and win the ball and all that. But in the way, he looks calm as well in these defensive situations. In a high block, he looks very composed to, I don't know, head the ball if a long ball is coming. He is sometimes... In a in counter attacks maybe he could be better but I really like his pace mm. so sometimes it's his positioning if his positioning is not that good he's going to recover that with his pace and all that but I really like the most in his defensive aspect is how he goes off his line and he still he wins possession for his team and defense player playing with his back and when defending, He has played somewhat in a kind of um, four back four with Brighton and all that. And he has like looked really good because he knows the time of going out, stay in, maintain his line, and all that. I have really liked him in a three in possession and in a four out of possession. And even in a three out of possession, he could be really good because of this talent to be proactive and jump and be mm. aggressive and trying to to steal the ball and tackle players and all that. One thing the that thing I love,
0: is... sorry to, to
1: jump in, but yeah. one, one thing I love is
0: when I see centre-backs especially commanding their back line. I mean, when you watch Cole yeah. you see so many times he'll yeah. tell his teammates where to stand, who to mark, you know, cover space, and maybe it's just my own personal uh, thing I that, that I enjoy anyway but I think it's it shows serious character for for a defender to do that especially when he's on loan at Brighton yeah he's one of the most inexperienced players in that team and you still see him commanding that back line that takes serious character and and, and to be fair and I know this isn't really important to when you're scouting a player but I've watched interviews with Levi Colville he is absolutely excellent in interviews. And I mean, he is full yeah. of personality, full of character. Yeah. He speaks really well. He's a very energetic, very funny guy, but he's not shy. His he, as, a, as a character, he's the type of guy you'd want in a dressing room. And character does matter. Because style of really? play matters, of course, ability matters. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of person you want in a dressing room too. And you can see he is that type of person, especially in your back line. He is very confident. And I love that. I think as just a, I understand it's not so much a on the pitch issue but I think you know when 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 you see him and how he composes himself at in interviews and how he composes himself outside of the game it's really important and I know coaches will be looking at that we obviously discussed quite a lot about his strengths but we would be doing ourselves an injustice or our listeners are an injustice if we didn't talk about his weaknesses i read a scout report recently on Levi Colwill in preparation for this podcast. I won't name the Scout Report, of course. That's not, absolutely I won't do that, but it said that Colwell had no weaknesses. Uh I take issue with this because every player has a weakness. Yeah. I think if you're if you are going to sit here and discuss Caldwell as potentially one of the best centre halves or centre backs, sorry. In the world one day it's still fair to say that he's not there he's not quite there yet he does have weaknesses yeah. let's talk about those weaknesses then brian um I'll, I'll let you start for us before i chime in with
1: my little angry rant. i mean he's a very special player you can mm. see it in the character all that things that you've been talking about but i think sometimes he lacks one of the things because it, it has been difficult find issues in this player because he's so talented and and not only because in his individual talent is so good but the way brighton plays and all that the the collective has been so good that some players in the team just just doesn't show their issues in this moment in this very peak form under the serbi but one of the things i really just didn't like that much is his long passing sometimes even he doesn't use it that much and i don't think he just doesn't use it because he doesn't like to i think he has to work on it Mm -hmm. and he rather prefers to play on the ground and play with these uh, passes between the lines and all that could be the collective aspect of brighton that they doesn't want that too much long balls to space or all that but i I really think on the ball this could be a issue and some well it is his playing style and i don't i'm I'm not going in like he doesn't make progressive runs and all that because he prefers to progress with the ball with passing Mm. and all that so he's not the player that you're going to see grabbing the ball and dribbling Till the 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 penalty box, I think
0: when you said about the long passing, it's a really good point because you won't always have a Deserby coach on the sidelines playing that style of football. There will be times yeah. you have managers who want you to be more direct. I mean, just in a in a in an alternate universe, Deserby or sorry, Graham Potter went to Chelsea and Brighton brought in Sam Allardyce. I don't know. That's Maybe a maybe a silly um maybe a silly <laughs> uh, 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 kind of appointment anyway in my in my own mind but just per se, they did. you will obviously have to use that long passing quite a lot not I mean big Sam won't come in and play sharp five meter passes between the center halves he's not going to you know he's going to go central defender to center forward and then squeeze the pitch win the second ball long passing obviously in that case will be so so important and I think if you want to become a complete central defender. You, you need kind of need to work on everything. You need to be, you need to be good at everything. You can't just say, oh well, I'm not good at long passes, but it's okay because I play under the Derby, and we don't need to. Um, right now, that's fine. Yeah, I get that. But if you want to develop as a player, be you know in the future, because you won't always play under the Derby, you'll need to work on, on on certain things. So I think that's why the, the long passing um, thing you brought up was actually a really good point. Also, I just wanted to talk about. Inside the box, when yeah. he's when he's when he's marking players, sometimes I found that he can. You, I, I found the players can get a run on him, especially from the near post. So if a player makes a run across him to the near post, I found that he can be very susceptible to switching off. Maybe is a yeah. is a better word, or else kind of yeah. I suppose switching off is a good word. I was going to say a lapse of concentration, but it's essentially the same thing. He does switch off. So many goals, you especially this season and last season with Huddersfield, if you go back and watch goals against them, so many goals were from crosses or balls to the near post and they made the run in front of Colwell oh, oh, and he was yeah. and he was nowhere near it. Um because he reacted too late and he wasn't switched on when the when the the center forward originally started to make the run. I mean, you need to be aware of your surroundings. You can't just ball watch. That is something I noticed that he needs to massively improve on as well. Sometimes not so much this season. Definitely last season, he backed off a little bit too many times from like shots outside the area, which is always something that bothers me. Um not even just outside the area, it could be inside the area. This season's a lot, he's a, he, he has been a lot better at that, which is obviously a, a huge improvement. And it's it's it shows yeah. that he's more willing to engage now, obviously, when an opposition is taken or an opposition centre forward or player is taking a shot near the inside of the box are just outside. Backing off doesn't close the angle down. You're giving them more room to shoot, at, you know, by backing off. I always think of the example of at the start of the season when Manchester United beat Liverpool, Jaden Sancho's goal. Van Dijk backs off yeah. Sancho when he's, like, inside the box rather than stepping out to close the angle down. You're giving Sancho more room to shoot by more backing space, off. More space, more time, yeah. You know, but, yeah, I noticed that from last season, especially with Caldwell when I was watching his uh, Huddersfield games. This season, though, yeah, it has been improved. I think he's
1: come on leaps and bounds yeah, but indeed, from last season. Indeed, Adam, I really agree with you with the near post thing. Mm. He's somehow shy yeah. to go and be that aggressive he is. Obviously, it's inside the box. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated cross to defend, yeah. you know, because... To the near post the players normally are shooting with the with let's put an example a cross is coming from from the right and the player is going to shot mm-hmm. the player who attacks the box is going to shot with the right foot and how you block that you know you, you just have to be uh, so good and so uh, attentive to these movements and go then and close mm-hmm. the angle the body postures has to be really good so it's a thing to improve, but I really think it's one of the most difficult cross to defend with the outswing cross and all yeah. that. The, the, these two, I think, are the most difficult to defend. And I think with his character, he could improve. I, I mean, we're talking about a really special player. He's mm-hmm. top five, uh, top six player in the future for me like even at chelsea or liverpool or i don't know arsenal manchester united he could be there obviously things to improve and he's not in that um, i don't know conversation right now of the best center backs in the world but if he keeps playing every match in the way he is he's is going to be really really special a special player in that position.
0: That's a great segue into the final topic we'll discuss of this variable scout report. It is his future at Chelsea. Chelsea have a million central defenders, I think it's fair to say. They've spent astronomical (laughs) amounts of cash on their back line. Colwell is out on loan at Brighton. If he returns, providing Graham Potter isn't sacked by Todd Bowley, he will be playing under Graham Potter again although he only played on the potter for a couple of weeks, most at the start of the season. But he will be playing on the potter again. Do you see him having a future at Chelsea, or do you see it going the direction of maybe a Trevor Chalaba, where he will be a bit par player at best?
1: And I'll hate that to see him Mm -hmm. like a rotational player at Chelsea. I think... His best decision when returning to Chelsea could be just or leaving the club like Tomori no. or Gehi. These two examples are two massive central no. defenders that Chelsea didn't trust. And I think they are they are just hating themselves to sell these players because I don't know. If you take a look, you they spend eighty million on Fofana, forty on Badia Shield. They're looking for Vardion and all mm-hmm. that, and it's crazy. It's crazy to, to think that a player that wasn't your youth academy is one of the best center backs in the world, like Tomori and Gehi is one of the best yep. center backs of the Premier League, and it's really, I mean, it, it's a bad decision from the Sporting. Uh, aspect sporting directors and all that in the offices and to sell these players and I mean Cole will just he could play in a really big team without a problem mm-hmm. and when you said like this direct style and all that I think of Mourinho you know at, at Roma he has a smalling because he's a really a, a direct player in that sense and he couldn't play with him but when I think of Mourinho, I think of the Serie a and how he has been lately for the English players. You can take a look at Ademola Luckman or yeah. Tomori. He, they Lugman been... has
0: 12 goals this season for Atalanta. He yeah. has been absolutely amazing. He's one of the highest goal scorers in, in, yeah. definitely in Italy. Obviously, he's not quite there in Europe but in Italy, he's one of the highest goal scorers which is just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, definitely. it's a player to talk about in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> in some episode. But... I mean, he, I don't really, if Colwell decides to stay and he he is given a spot on this starting lineup every match week and all that, I'll be happy, but I don't want to see him in a rotational role Mm. in Chelsea. I think he has to play. He has to still play. He has to play every week, every week. That's how a young player can develop, not on the bench,
0: well, this is my worry
1: because I'm literally looking at Chelsea's squad right now and I'll read the
0: names though. You have Cesar Aspilicueta, you have Benoit badia Trevor Chalaba, Marco Corella, Wesley Fofana, Caledou Koulibaly, Thiago Silva and Reese James all capable
1: of playing as... And now Malagusta. A, 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 a so a back we don't tree. know... And Malagusta. So we don't know if James well. is going as a right centre-back because Malagusta is yes, signed. It. that... That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And then you have Colwell coming back then in the summer and you think to yourself, <laughs> yeah. okay, if they... Get rid of Aspilicueta, maybe. I know they're giving Thiago Silva a one-year deal as well. So he's staying for another season. They just signed Koulibaly, so they're not going to sell him straight away. They signed yeah. Fofana for massive money, Kukurela for massive money, Reese James is one of the best players. They're not selling him. They just signed Badi Sheila. Okay, if Aspilicueta leaves, you can put Colwell in there, but he's still one of the, what, fifth or sixth choice defenders. Yeah. I do worry about his future at Stamford Bridge, and I think, like you say, with Gaye and with uh, Fakel Tamari. Maybe leaving Chelsea is the best option right now. Just before we wrap up, then give me maybe a club you think you could go to, apart from Spurs, obviously, which would be ideal, but they don't, they're not going to sell to uh, an obviously
1: a direct rival. It's a tough one because the decision has to be really good to him. But mm-hmm. what about, I don't know, Liverpool has been playing without a left centre back for mm-hmm. years, for years. Correct. So, he could be a really I don't really remember the last left-footed centre-half that Liverpool had. I can't quite remember.
0: Am I forgetting someone?
1: I don't know if... I'm for, well, I don't know if I'm forgetting one, but they haven't played with a left centre-back for years. It it has worked, but it could be interesting yeah. to see him at the Liverpool and all that. I would love him. Like in this area, I don't know, Napoli. <laughs> that could yeah. be... So good. So, so exciting. And the Bundesliga could be a good option for him as well. But if you think of the Bundesliga, uh I don't know, Borussia Dormund, but Schlotterbeck is in his spot and all that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, his career could develop in England if someone of the big six wants him. And even Arsenal, if they want to replace um, in some time, um, Gabriel, you know, because he has been amazing, amazing yeah. this season. But we know that Gabriel has some issues and they could still come back. And I mean, Arteta will love to play with this kind of sense of... I was going it's to suggest sense. Newcastle, but I know that Sven Botman is left foot, so
0: I think that would be an unrealistic yeah. move that Newcastle would make. But I do agree. I, I, I'd love to see him stay in the Premier League because I think you see how much he has developed in England. It would be a shame to see him go abroad now. And you Also, and, again, respectfully, uh, yeah, uh Gareth Soke has been notoriously difficult on players who are not playing in England. I mean, you saw that with Fakao Tamari who won yeah. Serie A last season. Granted, this season, especially after the World Cup and the last couple of games, he has been dreadful to Maury. He genuinely has, just like AC Milan as a whole, but he has been really poor. But last season, he was so, so good. And then it came to the, the the, the I think, the international fixtures and the fourth round of international fixtures was maybe September. I can't remember if he got a call-up or not. I know he was left out then of the World Cup with yep. players like Harry Maguire going ahead of them who, who obviously there was uproar about because Harry Maguire was playing so woefully. It's fair to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and for me to add a last point here, um, even well, to add another club, even mm, Manchester City that has these 300 left centre-backs, but they have, mm-hmm. to, they have to shake, I mean, that part of the squad for me. Mm-hmm because now Cancelo's... Cancelo's going to Bayern Munich
0: as we are
1: uh, recording this podcast right now. Quite surprised. Yeah, so Cancelo's off and they have to invest right now in fullbacks maybe, Um, and they will want, obviously, to spend on centre-backs, and not only in in a right Mm -hmm. centre-back, because Laporte and Stones are always injured and all that, so that's an issue for Manchester City as well, and now they have invested in um, Akanji Aké is playing as a left back so we'll have to see but he definitely cool fit in all these teams his technique defensively and offensively is really good so he's the type of modern center back that every coach in this football well if they are playing like uh yeah possession based football would mm-hmm. want to have. And uh, I
0: think actually Manchester City is a decent club that he could go to. And if we know anything about Pep Guardiola, is that he loves spending gargantuan wads <laughs> of cash on defenders. Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed discussing Levi Colwill. To all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed as well. And make sure to tune in on Thursday as we have an extremely exciting guest on the podcast a man who has managed two Serie A clubs over the past 12 months, battling against some of the greatest minds in football, including Jose Mourinho, Max Allegri and Luciano Spalletti, a soon-to-be Serie A winner. Also, make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends and family as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening and goodbye for now.